Hello, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufel. I am so excited to be back with you this week. Thank you for your patience during the short break this month. It was nice for everyone to take a step back and focus on what matters and learn and listen to the important conversations happening in the world. So now, Working Girl Talk is showing up in the only way we know how, the only way we can, the only way that's the best way, and that's by educating and inspiring you to be the best version of you inside and outside of the workplace. So that has always been our mission and will continue to be so. We have some special episodes coming up as well that will really dive into some of the topics that are happening in the world right now that I think will really be helpful for the working woman especially. And I am so excited about today's episode. But before then, just a quick announcement. There will be no news segment this week because you have waited long enough. We are getting right into the interview. So this week, I am super excited to have Kumari Fulbright with us. Kumari does it all. She's amazing. She is a relocation specialist for athletes and entertainers, which means she's a pro at building a network and brand, which we definitely dive into in today's episode. But she's also the founder of the Freedom Initiative Project, a not-for-profit organization that assists women emerging from abusive relationships, released from incarceration, or any life situation resulting in dislocation. It's a super amazing organization and mission. I love it so much. In this episode, we dive into Kumari's career journey, working with high-profile clients. We dive into all things networking that you need to know. And we talk about starting a nonprofit, what that means to her, and dive into all the details there. The Freedom Initiative Project's mission is so important, so I'm very excited for you to hear our conversation today. Welcome, Kumari, to the show. We are so excited to welcome Kumari Fulbright on Working Girl Talk today. Welcome to the show, Kumari. Abby, thank you for having me. What a pleasure. I'm really a big fan, and so it's a pleasure to be a guest. You are so sweet. Well, I'm excited. Let's dive right into it. Let's let's go. Let's do it, girlfriend. <laughs> so for those who don't know, can you just give us like a very brief who you are and what you do? So like if you were going to introduce yourself to someone new, what would you say? Okay, sure. So my name's Kumari Fulbright, and I've kind of done a myriad of entrepreneurial efforts over my career. Right now, my biggest focus is within the realm of real estate and really building a company that does investment real estate planning for athletes, entertainers, high net worth individuals. So we really focus on being a part of their existing money team, whether it's managers, agents, lawyers. We want to get in there and make sure we've got our eye on the real estate investment ball. Love it. Love it. And super unique. So I'm excited to chat about that. So in typical working girl talk fashion, we always kind of do a little back in time to talk about your career journey and like kind of the different phases and you've done a lot of different things. So let's take a trip back in time. So I know you've done, (laughs) you've worked in nightlife consulting and you've done a lot of different things. We can start with what was your first job? Gosh, I mean, I guess my first teenage job was at Party City as the balloon girl. So maybe that was prep for entree into the nightlife scene. (laughs) Who knows? Honestly, I wasn't that kid that really has that entrepreneurial story. I wasn't slinging pencils in the back of the classroom. You know, like I think a lot of people kind of have that tale. But for me, I think I was just headed down a normal climb the corporate ladder path. And then I went to college and I met a boy. And he says, why don't you throw events at this nightclub on campus? So I'm like, okay. And I start doing that. It grows. I've got, you know, local rappers, celebrities, and then Eminem ends up showing up at one of my parties, (laughs) 
with his ex-wife, well, not together. And so I've got to like get a booth for her and a booth for him. It's all this drama. And I'm like, just like pumped, you know, little old me, you know, had this party and it's very well attended. That's kind of was my start. And at that point I'm like, oh, I can't work for anybody. So now I, I knew I had that tag on my toe, like entrepreneur, what are we going to do with this? So that was kind of the beginning. And from there, I went on to study law, get my MBA, and, you know, kind of parlay into the consulting realm for small and medium-sized businesses. So because you've done so many different things in your career, that requires a lot of like changing of mindsets and pivoting. And I think people get scared. Like once they graduate high school or college, they, okay, this is my job, my career. I need to just stay here. I think they're sometimes afraid to explore different things, but in reality, the first job you ever try most likely won't be your job forever. So can you kind of talk about that? Like how you've been able to transition into not only different jobs, but different industries and how that's been like pivoting like that? Yeah, sure. I'd love to share kind of how I've been able to, you know, remain fluid and make those different transitions. The best advice I would give if you're someone who, you know, didn't, you know, weren't born knowing exactly what you wanted to do. I mean, those people are great, right? They know they want to play the piano and they're super successful by 25. For most of us, we're still kind of like meandering around and figuring it out. But I think the best way you can, you know, let your success follow you from before as you go through these different phases is really develop a clear and consistent personal brand. And I think people hear personal brand and, and, you know, it, it gets under their skin, but whether you're at a entry level nine to five or an entrepreneur or an executive, you've got to have a really strong personal brand. And I like to think of that as, you know, what do people think of when they think of you? And I think you can keep your personal brand consistent as you move and transition. And so I'll give you an example from me, Abby. (laughs) I, you know, I'm, you know, my personal page is fluid. It's fun. It's about hard work. It's about giving back. It's about, you know, keeping it fun and fancy. So it's a little eclectic, right? So it's like, it's easier for a business to keep a personal brand. Like if you're a baker, you're posting baking things. And obviously you're not posting a photo of your manicure that's off brand. So a time when I went off brand, I'm in Hawaii. I'm on a solo trip. I'm really empowered. And I have a couple that's near me and they're taking selfies. I'm like, let me go and take a picture for them. So I go and take a picture. And of course she returns the favor and takes a picture of me. And she must've been some kind of micro influencer. I don't know, but I looked amazing. And so I'm in this skimpy bikini and I've never had a photo really like this. Not even, you know, in my twenties that I take these gratuitous photos and I'm like, I can't wait to post this. I post this photo and I'm getting PMs and DMs and oh, you know, you don't have to succumb to the smut and the celebrities that are showing their bodies. And I mean, this whole riot act I'm getting, you know, be a, you know, a lady. And and I'm like, wow. So I, you know, scroll through my whole feed and I'm like, oh, this was a little off center, you know? And so I think just being clear and consistent with your brand is probably what I would recommend. Yeah. And it's so interesting you say that because it really goes back to like what you establish as your brand, I think, because there are people that 
they do get away with like bikini shots on the beach. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like what we expect from them or like certain people say things where if somebody else like had that commentary and be like, what? Like, it's really like about the expectations, which is so interesting. And it's up to you. I mean, you have the freedom to establish whatever brand you want, but once you get it, you've got to stick to it. It's so, so true. So for somebody who feels like maybe they don't have a personal brand or don't even know where to start, do you have something they could do today that to help them discover what their personal brand is or get it started? Yeah, I would list about four or five things that you're really interested in that are part of your core values and who you are. So, you know, if you love your dog and you love your family, and you have a hardworking job, you know, maybe you're creating a more wholesome image. If you are doing something where you are that Instagram model, you are that swimsuit model, you have to make sure everything is fun and sexy and, and, you know, just consistent with that. So I think just kind of like identifying, looking through your camera roll, scroll through your camera roll and like, what does that look like? You know, are you always out having a good time? Are you, you know, always giving back? So somebody like me, this is a, like a personal example. So my whole brand is like empowering the working woman, like giving that inspo, which is why I started the podcast to share mm-hmm. different stories. And for my personal brand, it's hard for me to balance because I also love pop culture. Like I could talk about TV all day. Like this is so random, but so on my stories, like for example, even yesterday, I was like, you know. I'm just going to talk about TV. And uh, so on my stories, I'd like a little recap of like stuff I'm watching. So I'm curious what, what are your thoughts are on like, can you have like multiple niches? And that's something I struggle with because it's like, am I being really authentic to me if I'm not sharing everything mm-hmm. or like, or am I hiding? Or like, is that so out of like place for me? It's like, wait, why are you talking about TV? So like, what do you think about people that like can't nail down like a niche? Girl, I can relate to you on so many levels there. (laughs) I think that sometimes you can set a demarcation between obviously what you're posting and what your stories are. And so, you know, everybody knows stories can be a little more off the cuff. So maybe the stories is where people can expect like, ooh, Abby behind the scenes, you know, like, oh, what is she watching? And you can kind of get in some of those personal interests and then you can kind of shuttle the more motivational kind of stuff to the feed. So that's one way to do it. You know, for me, I um, also run a nonprofit to help women who are in transition. And so that page is somewhere where I can get out the feel good, you know, do good side of me that I think my other page would maybe not, you know, it might fall a little flat. You know, if you have multiple interests, you know, you can certainly have, you know, two pages that kind of celebrate each side of you. Awesome. I want to go back to a little bit about what you do now, working with some high profile people on real estate relocations and investments. So something that I thought was cool in the pre-questionnaire I sent, you talked about how people are always kind of asking like, oh, like how do you work with these high profile individuals? And you talked about humility and that they just want to work with somebody real. Can you talk a little bit more to that? Yeah. Throughout my life and, and, and a lot of it, you know, obviously starting out in entertainment and, um, you know, meeting celebrities in that way and just, you know, kind of being close to sports and having different athletes in my life, I've kind of been able to be around them a lot. 
And, you know, they've got enough people who are fanning out on them and they're really just looking for somebody that they can trust and somebody that's going to work hard for them and someone who isn't trying to get into their limelight. You know what I mean? It's not about, oh, I'm a celebrity realtor, so I can be a celebrity, you know? So I think really when you want to work with people like that, it's a lot harder of work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not as sexy as it seems. When you're going to work with a celebrity, the best thing that you can really present is, you know, being humble and what can you offer to them and just keeping it real. I mean, anytime I've engaged a high profile person, it's not about, oh, it's such a pleasure to meet you or, oh, I'm a big fan. I just talk to them regularly as anybody else would. And I think my approach in general when it comes to networking is very, very familiar. So for example, I think a lot of people, you know, go to a networking event and they walk up to someone who they, you know, want to network with, want to connect with. Hi, my name is, and then, you know, some awkward comment about the weather or, you know, how the food's great. And I mean, that just never works. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't. And so what I kind of do, and I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was at an event, a guy who I wanted to speak to was at the bar. I walk up to the bar side by side with him and he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, make this face, like I need a drink. And I'm like, do they have any tequila? You know, I whisper as if I knew him, you know what I mean? So I always just jump right in and take a very, very familiar approach to networking. And um, I, I think that that really has worked for me time and time again. There's a, a speaking coach that I, I just love to follow. And, and he says that when he talks about TED Talks, he's like, you know, go in there, they've introduced you, the buildup is there, all eyes are on the stage. Don't spoil that moment with, hey, thanks, I'm happy to be here. Now everyone's looking at their phone, you lost the momentum. And so I translated that into my networking approach, you know, just jump right into it. Don't, you know, do some, you know, really awkward intro when you can just find something clever to say and you lead with humor. And then I think you can kind of connect with that person and you've instantly formed a bond. So that's the same approach I use with high profile people. I just talk to them the exact same way that I would with somebody else. And I think they appreciate that. I think it almost startles them. And they're like, oh, and so now they're paying attention to you even more. And then you get a chance to kind of roll your pitch out later, but it's definitely a very, very slow and easy thing when you're working to work with them because they're so used to everyone approaching them with some harebrained scheme. I bet. And that is a perfect segue because I actually, I wanted to pick your brain about networking. So that is perfect. For somebody who are just starting to get into like networking and building a kind of like a community, I guess. Any advice for them, like just starting out? Because a lot of the time people are a little nervous about approaching people. So anything that maybe when you were starting out that kind of helped you get over those nerves? Yeah, I think you just kind of have to go for it. I mean, I don't think there's any super secret to saying, okay, I'm about to walk up to somebody and just network. You know, I mean, there's, you know, you deep breathe or, you know, there's all the things you can say. Um, I think as far as like getting in the room and getting around people is the best thing you can do. And I always say this to, you know, my girlfriends who are dating and they're like spending all this money on these red bottom shoes and all of this and that to attract a man. And I'm like, you're wasting your money. A guy does not care about that. You know, spend $500 on getting a ticket to, you know, the U S open 
so you're around a nice caliber of men. You know, that same $500 that you spent on the shoes can be better spent putting you in the room with people who you want to be in. So that's, that's really a good secret to networking is allocating whatever marketing money or whatever, um, you know, advertising money or anything in your budget, put it towards getting where you need to be and being seen who you need to be seen by. And then just kind of slowly working your way into that circle because they've kind of seen you around and then it's easier to start those conversations. I love that. That's great advice. Now, since we live in such a digital era, any thoughts about like networking digitally, like social media or LinkedIn or thoughts on that? (laughs) Oh my God, Abby. Like I'm like in my thirties, but I'm practically a senior citizen when it comes to that topic. Like I am not here for it. (laughs) You know, I would so much prefer like doing this with you face to face. I just feel like I'm somebody who comes alive in person, but on the flip side, if you're not, and you're somebody who's nervous, this is like a seize the day opportunity because here you can use the digital platform to kind of come out of your comfort zone slowly. You know, if you're a little more shy, you're in your own space and and you can, you know, use this new way to communicate your ideas. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's so, it's so true. I, I think I'm the same as you or I love in person. Like, I feel like I, I don't know. I just shine better in person. So this whole like transition to moving podcasts to zoom has been very interesting, but it worked out like, yeah, (laughs) and you can connect with like way more people. Oh, have you tried, um, you know, where you text and you like leave your voice instead of typing? Oh, like, yeah, well that, I mean, I do it if it's like my family, like to my sister, if it's like going to be a really long text, but some people do it on like Instagram DMS. And I still don't know how to feel about that because at the same time, like I'm still kind of like somebody, if I'm in like a noisy place, like I just want to read something. Yes. I think it does work for people. So I don't know where I stand on that. I've been getting a few of those and I was still teasing out what I thought. And then if I receive one and again, I'm not in a place where I can play it. I'm like, Jesus, I just need the information, you know, let's press on. So yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, no, like that's like an interesting, I think that's a new one that people are like testing out to see how that works. But yeah, I still, I don't know. I'm definitely going to be racking my brain and, you know, working on creating a good strategy for this tech net working that we're going to have to be getting into because, you know, there's just nothing like, you know, being in person and and making a memory. And I, I don't see how, you know, reaching out to someone's DMs that you really want to get to know is always going to be effective. You know, I mean, I definitely encourage it, do it, do it, do it. Like if there's somebody that you need to help you get where you want to go, like approach them from every angle relentlessly and continuously, but you know, nothing is like getting in front of them and and being able to show yourself. So we're going to have to, I think that's always going to be a thing. I think in-person networking is never going to be replaced. Yes. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing about networking. One of my tips love it. Okay. So like one of my like biggest tips for networking is really paying attention to that second in command. I think, you know, you go in, maybe someone's given a talk and you want to talk to that person after the speech and he's swarmed. There's people, there's a 20 minute line. He's getting exhausted. I mean, I look for the person who's like taking his jacket or bringing the coffee and, you know, I'm like, there's a gatekeeper. Let me, let me chat her up. 
chatter up, exchange cards. And then when I call the office, I can say, oh, Julie, how have you been since the event? Good to see you. Can, can you get Tom on the phone? And I have such a better chance of like, you know, getting that appointment or, or actually meeting the person who I wanted to meet in much better situation and on my terms, not after an exhausting speech. So always kind of keep your eyes peeled for a gatekeeper when you're out and about. That is a great tip. I love that. Super smart. Um, last question on networking before we move on. How do you end the conversation? This is something that I always struggle with. And I know like other women I know do too. Like, so if you're talking to somebody like, like the traditional networking event, how do you walk away without, I don't know, like, oh, well, conversation's over. Bye. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is um, always tricky. I think I'm actually better at it in person than I am on the phone. I hate ending phone calls. Like, oh my God, I'm bad. But I think in person, I just kind of like really try to rely on humor anytime I can because, you know, it keeps it light. It makes you memorable. And so, you know, you could say at the end of the thing, oh my God, if I don't get another piece of this cheese, I'm going to just, you know what I mean? And then just kind of go over to the the snack area. I, I, I try to excuse myself to do something, you know, tangible that you can do while you're at the event. Okay. That's great advice. And I love it because this show, like we need to get specific like that. So yeah, anything <laughs> like that is perfect. Like my, my listeners, like they love the specifics. So okay. <laughs> that's great. Hopefully there's a cheese table nearby. <laughs> Hopefully there's a cheese table, but I think that strategy can be adapted, you know? Yes. Yes. I love it. So you've done a lot of different things and that means learning a lot of different things. So I was actually asked this question recently and I thought it was super cool. So I'm going to ask it to you. So there's like the traditional education of things and then like the learn it yourself, figure it out side of things, which you have done both. How has either helped you and are you like a believer in both or one over the other? I think when it's learning a skill. I think it's awesome right now. I mean, there's YouTube, there's so many ways to quickly learn what you want to do. Um, I'm also a big believer in evaluating what my time is worth and if it's going to take me longer paying someone to do it. So, you know, I, if I'm going to even take the time to learn the task and if I'm either going to take the time to do the task, I'm always kind of evaluating, okay, is this something I'd rather outsource? But when it comes to just comparing learning styles, I I really leaned on formal education as a form of networking. You know, um, when I elected to go to the University of Michigan, I had, you know, various different schools to choose from, but they have a really large, really strong and really connected alumni network. I mean, I can call anyone that went there. I went there and the favor is going to happen. So I, I think kind of like choosing which organizations you join and commit your time to choosing where you, you know, get an education can really factor into your growth and, and your networking. Um, you know, choosing to get an MBA, obviously I could have done an online program, but then you pay all that tuition and you miss the opportunity to connect with these other movers and shakers who are growing in, in business. So I look at formal education a lot in, in terms of that. I love that. And that is such a great point back to that networking too, because right there you have a built-in network, even if you've never gone to like a networking event. 
Yeah, I'm really not good at much of anything other than networking and it, it served me well. So focus on that girls and you're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's super important. They always say like, oh, it's who you know. And it's so true. It's so true. You know, it is who you know, but I'll say one other thing about networking is you really, really have to nurture your network. A big part of my day involves that. I mean, I'm like sending an article that reminds me of that person. I'm sending out handwritten cards. I'm on social media. I'm texting. How are you? I'm picking up the phone. Oh, how's your mom doing? I remember things about them. I put notes in my phone under their contact so that I can, you know, check in in a meaningful way. So I spend a lot of time just touching base with everybody. And so my network's really super strong. So when I need to call for that favor, the last time I spoke to them, isn't when I met them. You know, you don't meet someone at a cocktail party and six months later be like, oh, hey, do you mind if I use that for a photo shoot? Like, doesn't work that way. You know, you might get one favor out of that person, but that's it. So always take some time to like nurture it, carve out an hour of your day to just kind of like roll through the Rolodex and say, okay, who haven't I not spoken to this quarter? That is super smart. I, I love that because there's nothing worse than never hearing from a person and then, oh, hey, I need something from you. Like it just feels so disingenuous. So. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm a little all over the place with my notes, but I, I love it. I, love I it. have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I want to go back to branding for a sec. And because you work in like the business side of branding, but also personal branding, which we touched on a little bit, but for somebody that doesn't really focus on their personal brand and just has like a business and that's everything they're putting out. Any tip for like a business brand and slash, or is there even like a difference between your personal and business brand? Like, are you your business? If that makes sense. I'm just trying to get to like the business side of branding strategy, I guess. Yeah. I think it depends on the business that you're in. Some businesses and professions lend themselves to more of a merger of the personal and professional but and if you've got a storefront, like a bakery or, you know, a, a bicycle shop or, um, you know, something like that, I think there's got to be that separation. And maybe you give little glimpses here and there within the personal brand, but, but not so much. Tips for branding, I think you really have to get super perfect at this point. I mean, Instagram is now, you know, almost a decade old and you've got to have high quality photos. You know, you've got to have the aesthetic, you know, if you're doing every other thing, a photo, every other thing, a quote, it's got to be so curated and so planned. And I just don't think you can get around that. Um, when you go to somebody's feed and look at it, if it's not curated that way, you're not taking it as professionally. When you click a brand and you see that it has all of those things, you're already like, okay, this is legit. All right, let me shop, let me go. And so I think you cannot spare any expense and time or resources when it comes to really creating a page for a business brand. You've just got to do it and bite the bullet. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's so important, especially with the emphasis we have on digital, like that's everything. Like I now like even like to find like a, a hairstylist, I'm like, Oh, what does their Instagram look like? What does their website exactly. look like? Like, it's so interesting, but that's how I make decisions these days. It's so true. And so, you know, the difference between her getting your business and somebody else is really, you know, what does that page look like? How professional is this person? You know, it also dictates what you can price. I mean, if you're in the service industry or consulting, you're always wondering how much can I charge, but so much of it 
is in your presentation, you know, what someone thinks you're willing to pay. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, And then I wanted to talk a little bit more about what you do now. So for those who may not be familiar with like real estate relocation, what exactly is that? Like, what does your day look like? You know, um, a lot of it is, you know, trying to get out branding and marketing materials, you know, um, self-published books, self-published magazines where you're farming out to particular neighborhoods, going on a showing. Yesterday we filmed at a multi-million dollar property, just kind of like getting the virtual stuff. You know, that's something we're having to adapt to, right? Virtual tours have always kind of been a thing. Now every home needs a virtual option. So there's a lot of that filming photos, keeping your brand current. Um, I'm always reaching out to people, nurturing my network. Um, You know, sports is definitely on hold right now, but attending different events, celebrity golf tournaments, um, poker tournaments, draft games, you know, just anything that I can be at where I'm in the room with the people who I'm trying to work with. Interestingly enough, I'm not super courting the actual athletes themselves. I really focus my attention on their financial decision-making team and trying to build my relationship with them so that they can encourage them to, you know, add me into the fold. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of that goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love it. And before we head into the rapid fire round, I wanted to ask about the Freedom Initiative Project. So what is that? When did you start it? And like, give us the details. Awesome. So this is like a project I've been working on for just about 10 years, and it's definitely something that is growing. And the goal of it is to really help women who are in transition, whether it's from abusive relationships, incarceration, maybe they were married to a millionaire for 20 years, got a divorce and have never filled out a job application. You know, women find themselves in transition at different points in their life, and you just don't even expect it. And for me, I have been so fortunate with this amazing network of like friends and family who I've been able to lean on, you know, when I'm facing adversity and I have come to know other women who absolutely have no one. And it just shocks me. And I'm like, they have no one. How are they supposed to succeed? How are they going to pull themselves out of it? So I really wanted to create an infrastructure for women who are going through a tough time to have some support, you know, to reach out with, you know, similar to you with your entrepreneurial gals, you know, right now we do a lot of hygiene kits. That's something that has been like quick and easy. Um, something that we can do with like small amounts of funding because we are starting up. So that's been awesome. I just feel like a girl's got to look and feel her best to get out there and give it another try. You know, I mean, even after a hard day, the first thing we want to do is like just take a shower and wash the day away. So imagine not having like a nice soap and, you know, something razors and that kind of thing. That's, that's tough. And so that's like a quick, immediate need. The overall plan for this year is to really get some housing going. I'd really like to offer some, some temporary housing for women who are kind of sticking around in, in a jam when they can move on. And especially now, right, when we're hearing about this increase of domestic violence, I mean, we've got to, you know, hop off the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's so awesome. Very cool. I'm excited to watch all the stuff you guys do there. Any learning curve to starting up a nonprofit, just in case somebody's listening and wants to <laughs> dive into that? It is possible. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of red tape. You know, it's a lot of bureaucracy. Um, 
you know, I, I did personally, this was something where I did hire someone who was an expert. They had worked for the IRS in that particular department. They knew kind of, you know, what would be flagged on an application, what would help it go through. And, you know, getting the advice of that professional really, really helped me, you know, move that process along of actually getting the 501c3 designation. You've certainly got to be super organized. There's a lot of deadlines. There's a lot of procedure. There's a lot of rules you have to follow. Even when it comes down to like getting a grant, those monies are allocated for a particular project. So you can't just be willy nilly you know, spending things, everything's got to be tracked and traced. So I would just really make sure you've got some processes and organizations in place. It's not like when you kind of start your business and you kind of wing it. A nonprofit has to be a little bit more focused and detailed. I bet. That is awesome. That's great advice. What has been the biggest learning lesson for you as a businesswoman? So did you ever try something and it failed or like, what's like that nugget that you'd be like, oh man, like, that's like, I need to share that with other women so they don't make that same failure or mistakes. Like biggest learning lesson as a businesswoman. You know, I think it goes back to like trust, but verify, you know, I come from a really great family with awesome friends and everyone I know would give to me before they would take from me. And I've had a couple of business deals where someone who I least expected kind of like, kind of screwed me over. Can you say that? (laughs) Okay. You know, I've had people that I least expected screw me over. And so I think really protecting yourself, really papering up deals, especially if you're working with a friend or someone, you know, I think keeping everything professional buttoned up and in writing is the best way to do it. You know, don't try to do things on a handshake, you know, make sure that you protect yourself, present yourself business-like and everyone knows that you know, you're someone to be respected and that it's serious. Super smart advice. So last question before we headed to the working girl top 10. So there, when you are an entrepreneur, there are many times when you want to give up, when you want to quit. It's like, why am I even doing this? Have you ever had that thought of, I want to give up? And if so, why didn't you? Oh God, I had that thought last week. You know, Um, I think that's a thought you're going to have to get really comfortable with and and know how to defeat. One of the things is if you're having a bad day or you've gone through, you know, a defeating situation, I think you have to give yourself an hour or that day to kind of wallow in it and feel it and then move on. You know, don't try to avoid it, fight it off where you're not really digging in because it's just going to linger. So I think you just kind of like take a bad day, take a bad feeling let yourself go through it and then pull yourself back up and, and, and press on. I love it. And such a good reminder because that happens a lot where you're like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. <laughs> so that is awesome. Okay. Are you ready for the working girl talk top 10? I'm ready, Abby. Fire away. <laughs> awesome. First one, an easy one, morning person or night owl. I'm a night owl. I mean, I come alive when the sun goes down. I love it. Second one. First thing I do in the morning when I wake up. I have started a new routine of just stretching. I just get on the floor and kind of like roll around and do what feels good. And it has really changed how my day starts. I'm I'm happy with that. So ladies, get your stretch on. I love it. Favorite skincare, beauty, or self-care product? Okay. So I'm really into this brand called Biologique. 
and it's a French brand. I think it's amazing. It's changed my skin. One of the products that I love from Biologique is their 1970 lotion. And I'm kind of a mixer and matcher. So I kind of like take things from one brand and like create my own little back bar. But yeah, the 1970 lotion from Biologique is, is a must. Ooh, love. I'm obsessed with blank right now. So this can be mm. anything, whatever you're obsessed with right now. Okay. Sadly, I'm obsessed with the same thing I've been obsessed with for my entire life, which is the young and the restless. I like carve out time every single day and I watch my hyper fast speed through the commercials, 40 minutes of the young and the restless. I love it. Pleasure. (laughs) That is awesome. Next one, a businesswoman I look up to. A businesswoman who I look up to is one of my closest girlfriends. Her name's Lisa Sutton. She's actually running for Congress right here in um, Nevada. And I mean, this girl is everything we all want to be. I mean, she starts businesses. She's graceful. She's classy. I mean, she's just the epitome, I think, of a strong woman, you know, really doing her thing in the business arena. Love it. We love Lisa. She is awesome. And my day is not complete without... I really struggle with these kind of questions because I am such an eclectic person. I have no routine. I mean, I have no idea what each day is going to look like or this or that. So some days it's not complete without a cup of tea and other days it's not complete without a glass of wine. (laughs) Got some range there. I like that. I thought it was going to be young and the restless. So (laughs) (laughs) do you have like a mantra you live by or something? Um, Yeah, no, definitely like, um, kind of like a little quote that sticks in my head going back to you asking me, you know, what do you do when you feel like you want to give up or you're having a hard day? I mean, I just have this thought that I repeat, you could have been somebody, but you quit. You could have been somebody, but you quit. And so, you know, that just keeps me, you know, striving to be who I want to become and not quit. I love that. And a resource that's had an impact on you. So that could be a book or a podcast, someone you follow. You know, actually right now, I am just really, really digging on the boss babes, Natalie Ellis and her partner, Danielle. I think, I think they're amazing. I've gotten some of like the most tangible tips. I feel like you can always count on them for like solid info. So if you're not following them, definitely check out the boss babes. I love that. And number nine, you've made it this far, proudest moment as an entrepreneur. The proudest moment of mine as an entrepreneur was actually when I was focused on consulting and I helped a client and get her through the pitch process to become a vendor for the Super Bowl. And I think I was excited. She was excited. And it just felt like a really big moment. That's awesome. And last one, number 10, I'm inspired by blank. I need to like do some personal deep digging. You're really bringing out some things in me, Abby. (laughs) We're getting deep here. (laughs) You are getting deep, man. I think I'm inspired by greatness. I really love to watch documentaries on people who are just great within their own field, whether it's sports, whether it's business, you know, whatever this person has done, I love to watch greatness unfold and, and just see how that actually happens. I love that. Did you watch The Last Dance? I did. Of course I did. And I mean, I'm just like, I mean, I was just loving that blown away, seeing his dedication and just really seeing what it takes to compete at that level, I thought was awesome. And I also watched something on the History Channel about the rise of the Heinz 
you know, corporation and how they took ketchup by storm. And so I I mean, anything like that, I just love. I love that. That's super cool. Do you ever, I'm getting on a tangent now, but have you ever listened to how I built this, the podcast? Everyone keeps telling me that. Everyone telling me that. It is the story of like how, like, like Heinz, like just stuff like that. It's so good. Yeah. That stuff revs me up. (laughs) I love it. So you survived the top 10. Good job. <laughs> Not easy. You're tricky, girlfriend. <laughs> um, where can everyone follow you, keep up with the Freedom Initiative Project, if you want to drop those handles? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for asking. The handles are super simple. The Freedom Initiative nonprofit is Freedom Initiative Project. And those are the handles for that across all social media. And then for me, it's Kumari, K-U-M-A-R-I Fulbright. Everything's at Kumari Fulbright. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kumari. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kumari. She's awesome. So many great tips too and so inspiring. And definitely make sure to go check out the Freedom Initiative Project and everything that they're doing. So before you go, my Friday favorite this week, my husband and I watched the movie Just Mercy this week. And it is so good. So that is my Friday favorite this week. It's a true story, an important story. The acting is phenomenal. And it really brought into your perspective about a lot of things that you may not even be thinking about. So a great movie. And it's free on Amazon this month. So before the month month ends, make sure to check it out. And grab tissues before you watch because it is an emotional watch, but definitely an important one. So again, thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk today. As always, the Working Girl Talk door is always open. So on Instagram, DM us if you ever have any questions or a guest recommendation or something you need to hear about because this show is for working women around the world and it's designed to be what you need it to be. So always open to hearing your feedback. And along with that, we are always open to hearing your reviews. As I've said in episodes before, those reviews just help this show get seen by more people. Make sure to give us five stars and leave a review. And if this episode resonated with you at all, make sure to share the link with a friend and subscribe to the show. Thank you so, so much. I will talk to you next week.